Oh, wow. Powerful. Sorry, was that too aggressive? That was like a Hulk clap where it, it, it sent like waves of sound and people got like papers got blown back. On yeah, the, on it's, the it's the best Hulk move is the sound wave because it's just the force of his his encouragement and applause can devastate you. My I secret is I'm always podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? No, that's a good work. I like when the Hulk punches the ground and then there's like shockwave. We talked about this yesterday. Shockwaves. We like shockwaves. Shockwaves are cool. Yeah. I think any visual representation of just like, oh, I'm a big man, I'm usually on board. Right. Mm-hmm. I like uh, ripping up the ground and then the ground shoots like uh, rock chunks up at you. That's a good uh, Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah. like like the dangerously fast projectiles. Yeah. Of Earth flying. <laughs> Anytime a big man, like a thing that is capable of just crushing you with its hands, is like I'll just use other stuff. Like I'm just gonna use I'm gonna use my residual power to destroy you. Is cool. Like the ground or sound or whatever. The, yeah. the one I think about a lot is um, they even did it in the in the uh, superior Edward Norton Hulk movie. Oh, of course, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the the smash a car and make gloves out of the car. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, that I, was good. I love that move, and then I always just think about like it's still gonna hurt your hands though a little bit, right? The the whole oh, yeah, because you're smashing it against car metal. Yeah, you're still smashing flesh against sharp metal. So when you're putting gloves on, as cool as that is, I'm like. I don't know. I think that's still gonna, it's still going to hurt you up a little bit. Mm. Uh, but you got adrenaline flowing, and like you know, Hulk grows with as as he continues to get. Like if you shoot Hulk, he just gets stronger, and the bullet bounces off him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like kind of like calluses, like his his hands are just constantly like regenerating. Hey, what's something. the? I you know I like the move, but like what's the what's the theory behind it? Because aren't boxing gloves supposed to like make it so you damage people less with your hands? So like. Throwing the cars on your hands is just... That's very true, Paul. I, I would say it's like brass knuckles. Oh, like I see. I see, yeah. That kind of thing. Ah. But again, it should be like adamantium or vibranium mm, me- mm-hmm. brass knuckles to help, you know, be endurance as you're smashing against the abomination skull. Fair. I I already... Look, I can see Jordan's face. is like, I I regret so much signing up for this. No, <laughs> I like... I, I like... I forget. I like maybe we're gonna have like hot movie takes. Like the Edward Norton Hulk movie was good. <laughs> hey, hey, if we're gonna play this game, I own Justice League on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Justice oh, League was oh. pretty good. Oh, uh, hey, you know it's funny we're talking about abominable people because we oh, just yeah. so this is such a fitting topic to begin a discussion on the classic R.L. Stein book. Dom, are you saying that Ang Lee is abominable? Is that what you're uh, saying right now? <laughs> Did you see that Gemini Man opened at only twenty million, and Adam's family beat it with thirty three? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's not fair to go up against the creepy and kooky Adam's family. Yeah, uh, yeah, true, true. Poor Ang. Uh, I, th- I mean, not to, not to mention Uki. You left out Uki. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry, oh, Uki. Yeah. Yes. No matter how many Will Smith clones you can you shove in a movie, he'll never be Uki. No, he can't. And be I think true. that's what audiences want. They want to be Ooked. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, to be fair, haven't seen Gemini Man, but the fact that I'm only gonna get two Will Smiths. Yeah. And I've already seen Resident Evil, like what Annihilation, where there's at least six Milojoviches. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta, you gotta. It's amp simple it up. math. It's simple math. <laughs> you need more Will Smiths in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could watch Gemini Man, or I could watch Multiplicity with four like, or five yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah, like five Michael. And Keatons. if you're looking for something with a frame rate that makes you feel weird, why not watch uh, the 
PBS version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that came out <laughs> in the mid-80s. If you want to look look at something that looks like a weird film to play. That's a good deep cut. <laughs> Thank <like> you. <laughs> By the way, we should uh, we should introduce our uh, our guest and friend here on the podcast. Uh, everyone give your digital uh, applause for Jordan Morris, everybody. Yeah. Ow, shockwaves. <laughs> Too much applause. All the podcast fans applauding. Jordan goes flying out the window. <laughs> Bye. Uh, you might know Jordan from uh, numerous things. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, Go, the amazing sci-fi uh, podcast bubble uh or perhaps his great writing on unikitty yeah. i was lucky enough to know jordan through that as well uh jordan what are some other things you do uh no you named all the things <laughs> <laughs> those are the three things i do uh i care for a cat oh um that's a it's a full-time job in itself absolutely i'm, lo- I'm looking at that cat right now it's a cute cat named bug that uh, named bug oh okay so what color's bug uh, she is gray, mostly, with little white feet. Oh, I love that. I have one of those. They're great. Yeah. Well, Jordan, we were lucky enough to have you uh, join us for Goosebuds uh, and wrangle you on for uh, The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena, which was Dom's amazing segue that we completely ignored. I know. Oh, yeah. It was really yes. good. Yeah, well, it's okay. We, well, there's a lot to get to, including my introduction. Hi, it's me, Dom, the guy who's here always, every week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to list some credits, maybe? Uh, I'm a scamp. I'm an internet scamp. <laughs> You're the hamburglar of the internet. Yes, yes, that's what I've always wanted to be. Oh man, this is gonna come out before our uh, our dark universe, our dark McDonald's universe theory comes out. Yeah, we were just talking yesterday. Oh wow, we, we, we really unpacked the McDonald's universe, and it's scary. So you start with like a standalone grimace movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we started with grimace. Yeah, and oddly the, enough, the red goo that <laughs> powers him, or the orange goo that's inside of him. Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the we just said it was the orange soda or the McFlurry shake is his yeah. like internal sustenance. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, the orange creamsicle shake it he, that flows inside of him, and uh, that's what the Hamburglar's going after. He's trying to crack open grimace and get a taste of that nectar. Oh, and maybe. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to to pitch on your. Oh no 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 property <laughs> no! Here. Please, we're open to ideas. No, we're, we're 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 trying to find out the truth here, so it helps. <laughs> Is if so? If the creamsicle shake powers him, uh-huh. mm-hmm. is the shamrock shake like kryptonite? Is that how you kill the well, grimace? That's, we found out that that's his uncle. His uncle's uh, what's his uncle's name again? Oh, grimace. O'Shan- uncle O'Shanty or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the the dark uncle powers. I think you might be right. Are are really detrimental to the grimace's health, which is why he goes into hibernation when when O'Grimace shows up. To he goes into his- the to the grimace sleep. Right. His mirror. Right. His mirror presence is exhausts him that's yeah. how powerful of uncle o'shanty is i think that's his name <laughs> and isn't the grimace kind of the hulk of the mcdonald land universe oh, yeah. he sent people back with shockwaves oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> could grimace throw someone back in time yes <laughs> yes that's what else. happened to birdie early morning birdie he threw her foot too far back in time mm. yeah ah sad uh, so let me ask you this, Jordan. Yes. Uh, what's your familiarity with Goosebumps and the R.L. Stein uh, universe? Uh, yeah. Well, I uh, yeah. So I read a couple as a kid. I am a thirty-seven-year-old man, so I was definitely <laughs> in the in the pocket of Goosebumps, right in your wheelhouse. It was a little bit of a scaredy cat as a kid. I definitely didn't watch horror movies till high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they scared me a little bit. Uh, the the one that scared me the most was the haunted mask. Oh yes, mm. we've covered that one on the podcast. Yeah, uh, because of the very like visceral description of what it would feel like to get a mask stuck on your head. Mm. And to me, I, that really stuck with me. The the idea of like, what if you put on a mask and it fused to your skin? Mm. Uh, <laughs> that like. That is one of the, like, scary things of my childhood that stuck with me. Yeah, well, putting on a mask is claustrophobic in its own right, right? Yeah. I was going to say, Jordan, are, Jordan, are you claustrophobic? Is that is that your fear, your big fear? Uh, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like that and the, like, Jaws part of the Universal Studios tour were, like... <laughs> the two big fears. <laughs> two of my big, like, anxieties as a kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely don't like tight spaces and... Uh, and sharks. Yeah. Uh, big sharks. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think you're onto something, Jordan. Young Jordan was onto what is uh, the uh, the thing type, Cronenberg uh, type horror of right. flesh merging with mm-hmm. other flesh that's mm-hmm. not yours. Right. Yes. But mm-hmm. uh, the haunted mask hits a thing that even Cronenberg missed, where when you have something pressed against your ma- your mouth and your little tongue gets caught in the slit of the mask. Mm. Oh, it's the Ugh. fucking worst. It's Ugh. the worst. Can't be from kissing girls for like at least twenty five years. What if their faces are secretly masks? <laughs> oh God, yeah. I, I hate when it, I hate when your hot breath is just like captured in the mask, and so like your mouth and face are just getting moist from your nasty, hot, mm-hmm. stinky breath. Ugh. Remind That's you. what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> You're aware of your own mortality as your own carbon monoxide comes bouncing oh, yeah. back at you. Uncomfortable. You get vapor face. Uh, so, Jordan, you, you said you had read a couple of books. Have you read? Had you read Abominable Snowman before this one? No, this is my. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I kind of picked this because of you know of the of the SoCal setting. Yes, uh, I'm a, you're a very much a California boy. I'm a California boy. I was born in Orange County. Okay, uh, well, not born in Orange County, but I was raised in Orange County. I live in L.A. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I've kind of grown up in California, much like the character in this book, Jordan, who's also named Jordan. I was so pleasantly happy when we found that out. Yeah, did that scare you? That scared me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I'm like, you know, kind of in the first couple pages, you're like, oh, it's it's a guy named Jordan. He's lived mm-hmm. in California all his life. He's mm-hmm. never seen the snow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boy, like this is really speaking to me. I mean, if he. If we later find out that he, you know, has trouble committing, then, like, this is me. <laughs> like, that's the part I most identify with because, you know, even though I've only been in California for 10 years, boy, oh, boy, do I miss that fall weather. Oh. Right? Well, yeah. you know, here's something interesting about this this boy. He says he's never felt the cold. Uh, real Jordan, uh, that's a lie, right? It gets cold here. It does, yeah. Sometimes you have to put on a, a cardigan when you want to walk around the grove. <laughs> <laughs> to get some empanadas and also some Indian food to dump the empanadas into. Mm-hmm. I'm more of an Americana guy. I mean, oh. you know, I don't know. I think it gets pretty frigid here Dom, in the winter. I know you've been in it. In LA for a while because you forget what the cold is. My skin is my skin has gone soft. <laughs> you have That's forgotten true. what the cold is, Dom. The cold. I, when I last time I walked off the plane in Philadelphia, I felt like I was walking into a walk-in freezer. It was so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's frid- it's frigid as hell here. And I think that uh, RL knew that when he wrote this, and he was like, "I'm going to make this character Jordan suffer the true cold." Like we go to the cold part. We're not. We're skipping ahead a little bit here, but we go to Alaska, and he experiences true cold. And is over it within like an hour, which is exactly what winter is like. You're like, oh, it's so yeah. romantic and nice. No, yeah, I'd be curious to know because so Jordan in in this um, in the podcast, this terrible experiment we've done, mm. we talk a lot about RL the person, RL Stein, right. 
who he was as a kid. We know that he grew up in some sort of uh, Munchausen by proxy type house. We're, we're, this is a little bit of lip libel uh, or a slander by saying this without knowing for sure. <laughs> Did we discuss that he has Munchausen syndrome? I don't know if we. Well, did that. No, I like that. I'm pitching this. Now, sorry, this is a hot take. I'm pitching without I'm, anything talking. I'm into about. No, I love this. Yeah, I don't know anything about. He's the an man. indoor kid, and he'd watch other boys and other girls outside play, and he hated them. Mm. And he'd write these books about ki- terrible things happening to kids. That's mm-hmm. not completely off, right, guys? No, I, I would say you're pretty close there. I think his his resentment towards children and their constant bickering in his perspective is uh pretty it's in every book it's definitely in this one yeah and constantly playing cruel pranks on each other <laughs> god that yes. stand in for actual scares in the yes. book right pranks yes. are pranks are how kids uh show each other love in his books that's like the only way they know how to show love i also noticed that rl never played with stink bombs as a kid because he talks about blowing a mailbox up with a stink bomb and we know that rl <laughs> right. yeah, like yeah. it has an actual explosion as, yeah. far, as opposed to just a smell i mean you could maybe stick a lot in there and maybe the gases would build up a la your your vapors in the mask and maybe something would happen but it's going to take a lot rl we can tell you weren't a bad kid Stop trying to play. No, Stop trying I, to be I, would cool. be, I would be more on board if RL had started putting where he actually was like a young anarchist. And he was like, you know, if you mix orange juice and hairspray in a trash bag, you right. get a real cool little bomb, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like it comes out in, you know, some of his teen books. He's like, there were teens at a party eating marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Handfuls of marijuana. And then they became marijuana. <laughs> yeah. And then they kissed a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was bringing that up not just to put RL on blast, but also I, I have a feeling that RL maybe has never seen the snow. Yeah. Th- uh, do we know where he grew up? Let's see. I'll uh, look it up. Somewhere in the, the Midwest, I think. I'm gonna he do def- Ohio. He's definitely seen the snow because I think he resided in New York I think City. He's Ohio- I think he's from Ohio. Yeah, he's from Ohio. He's seen some okay. snow. Okay. Well, I guess I just say that because this book... The properties of snow work entirely different than how snow normally works. Well, yeah. this book is magical realism, and we'll get to that part at the end. This is It becomes insane. Should we, should, why don't we lay down the groundwork a little bit of what this plot is so we can start ripping into well, it? Well, uh, first off, we meet Jordan and his sister, Nicole, I think, right? Yes, or yeah. Sickle, as he or calls sickle. it. Sickle. <laughs> a, a good fucking bird. savage bird. R.L. <laughs> lays that one out and does not explain the joke, which I think was very bold of RL. He let that one just hang, and he let that one speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Now, Jordan, do you have uh, any siblings or anything that, that also resonated with? I do. I have a sister Whoa! Oh! named Stephanie. Oh, so, so close. Almost. Still pretty good. I called her Step on Me. Step on Me. <laughs> Is and that a real? fucking That's equally true. savage bird. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Like that. Hell yeah. It's also kind of like humble, where you're kind of like, you're still giving her power. Oh yeah, right. Sure. She's the one that steps. Yeah, I guess maybe I have. I didn't think that out. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just Freudian announcing your old childhood nicknames. Right, I still wanted to give her some. Agency. I'll workshop it with you, Jordan. Step on P. Terrible thing that she would ha- have oh, happen to her. Hell yeah! Oh, stain her shoes good, or little slippers. Good, mm-hmm. good punch up. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for the board. Yeah, we're not getting any better than that. <laughs> so we meet them, and and we 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 uh we meet their father, who was a photographer. Uh, and we find out that their parents are divorced, which I can't remember, guys. We might we might have gone over this in a previous book, but are, is this the first divorced parents book? I think so. I wrote that down too. This is the first divorced parents, and they move. She moved to Pennsylvania. Yeah, oddly enough. Oh yeah, yeah that's that's you, uh, Paul and Dom. That's your guys' hometown. Yeah, odd synchronicities yeah. here. We can confirm it does snow there. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Usually, the parents and goosebumps, I feel like, are either united in their stupidity, right? They're mm-hmm. a happy married couple. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then they're usually just out of the picture. They're usually going on some sort of business trip without the kids. Right. Like that's the common theme. Yeah, or one of them is is out of the picture just entirely and not spoken of, you know. So this is divorce. So let's try to apply the theme of parents divorced and what it could mean to abominable snowman. There's okay. nothing there. <laughs> oh, like the big, well, like you're saying, like the theme of this here, like the what what RL's really trying to tell us. I'm just trying to see any reason why this story of all is about uh, parents' divorce. Is he saying that California families are less secure? Mm. Is he trying? To- yeah, I think you're looking for kind of a Dawn of the Dead, like you know, like <laughs> metaphor, like oh, the the zombies are shambling in the mall because hasn't consumerism made us all? What has yes, it done exactly. to us? I don't think RL is working <laughs> on that level. How about how about we really? like shoehorn a climate change analogy into this at some point i think we can oh let's do it i gotta say we were learning about global warming in school and um you know rl or whoever wrote this book you really missed an opportunity Mm -hmm. now we have to interpret it you could have made this about global warming but they didn't now we have to make it about now we now 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 we're gonna make it that's our liberal agenda yeah sure also (laughs) also about how evil nature photographers are that's also a heavy theme in this book well okay and we we learn about as he's developing some pictures, and uh, our our main character Jordan performs a prank on him, which he does a couple pranks in this book that end chapters with a cliffhanger. But it's from first person perspective, so he's like pranking you in a meta way as well as the people he's pranking. Oh, that's true. Yeah, usually uh, Jordan. By the way, if I'm if I'm goosebuds explaining any of this, to no, you, no, please, please stop me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is that? What is that word there, Chad? I know you were trying to get it. <laughs> I, I kind Goose, of just kept going through. I was, was going to say goosplaining, steinsplaining, maybe or yeah, steinsplaining. <laughs> steinsplaining go. is good. Is it's usually our our narrator is being pranked himself, right? Over and over and over again. And you're right, Paul. This is different where I don't know if Jordan is aware of his reality. I, he's an unreliable narrator, if anything. Sure. I think that's very fair. Much yeah. like the real Jordan Morris uh, constantly <laughs> just calls pranks. and Yeah, that's true. And also, I might be a figment of your imagination. Oh, if fuck. I sh- Hmm. If I'm done recording this and I find out that your apartment has been abandoned for 20 years, right? pretty good episode. Yeah, a guy died in there five years ago and his cat ate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were recording with the cat. <laughs> Aww. Oh, I'm actually very kind of excited about that. Yeah. Kevin's going to be editing this one. He's like, it's just meows. It's just nonstop meows. <laughs> it's just, I think he's lost his mind. <laughs> well, that happens in this. There's like a couple times where they're like, all right, here's the photos of the bears I took. And then he's like, where? Where? That's They're the just first. pictures of yeah. teddy bears. I, what? <laughs> but, yeah, that's, a, that's a thing that but, happens in but, this, right? Yes, it is. And Jordan's dad points out, though, that Jordan's got some skill with photography. He's a, he's a supportive dad. He allows he allows his son's joke to be a uh, a, a moment of support that he shows for his son. He, he's like, I love my son, and he's good at, at he's good at pranks, and he's good at pictures. Uh, and then he talks about his boring dad prank that he pulls on his photographer friend, which takes up like a whole chapter for some reason. see i was reading this as a little bit as because i'm also like why do the parents divorce right what's the backstory i'm reading too much into it oh what did you think i know i was waiting for something and um yeah i mean i have a i have a theory on this book uh as we will continue to talk about it i don't think now is the right time so why don't we continue with well i'll hit you with this i'll sure i'll hit you with this theory just as we go into because i because we say the dad's a nature photographer Mm -hmm. but it's all been like what yeah wolves and bears and things that are are real in the normal uh animal library uh lexicon Uh uh-huh right uh i think that's the word and 
the, suddenly he's like, I got to go do this abominable snowman shoot, right? I got to go do like right. a, uh, I'm suddenly doing crypto stuff. <laughs> I think this dad was too obsessed with his job and he's like chasing this, this white horse or the white this whale white of snowman, yeah. white whale, this white snowman, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that brought their marriage to crumble. Oh yeah, sure. It's like, right. We never have sex anymore because you're too busy looking for Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, you're building, you're, you're, you're smelting giant bear traps for Sasquatch and you won't fuck me. Come on. <laughs> I think any respectable partner is turned on by Sasquatch hunting. Okay. That's true. Right. Yeah, the danger so, of it. It just wasn't meant to be, Dad. Big feet. <laughs> Big thongs, right? <laughs> Means you get to go shopping for shoes with them, which yeah. is what you bond together. <laughs> Yeah, like I could see, I could see the mom trying to like, like be like, you know, like showing her feet to him and trying to seduce him with his with her feet, but they're just not big enough for him. He just needs bigger oh, and bigger yeah, feet. Is, right? Is dad just a foot fetishist? Yeah, that- that's oh, that's what it was. He was he kept right. urging her to get foot elongation <laughs> yes, surgery. Yes, right. And uh, she was like, "No, that sounds awful." <laughs> and then the twist at the end: the dad says, "I'm going to stop doing nature photography and start directing Pulp Fiction." <laughs> <laughs> it was Quentin Tarantino oh, the whole time. Not, I've already done Reservoir Dogs. I've just I'm just trying other things out like a family in between. <laughs> and the audience screams. <laughs> that's a good theory. That's better than the, the climate change theory. Oh, like that's a much theory. better theory than yeah. it's a young Tarantino. Let's cut to the chase here because, I mean, the, the book does kind of get to things pretty quickly. Unlike most Goosebumps books, there is yeah. some uh, there is some prank rigmarole, but yeah. we kind of get to the tundra pretty quickly so what happens we're introduced to the neighbors who you know bully the both both the brother and sister i completely forgot about the bullies yeah they don't even do anything it's not i mean they're only setups for the ending uh so we'll get to that but i mean they have neighbors who are jerks yeah you want to say something about the neighbors paul well yeah i mean you meet the friend you meet their friend where there's always a child friend linda i think her name was and then you meet the neighbor's kids and you find out that they're uh they're they're the pranksters they're like a a, a, the other type of child there's the child who pulls pranks and there's the child who is the pranky we always talk about this the scamps Uh, and the satyrs the scamps and the satyrs (laughs) (laughs) and we find out that they pull pranks, like throwing popsicles at kids' shirts, but they also punch people a lot and and cause uh, wounds on these kids. Like they they talk about the black <laughs> eyes that th- these kids are abusive. Like they try to they try to like like they first off they they definitely punch people, but then they lift a rock over Jordan's head and try and smash his head with a rock. Turns out it's a fake rock, but still they threaten him with manslaughter. Uh, and they and they have super soakers, so you know that they are rich they and have, bad. Their, their parents will buy them any weapon they want. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know those are the kids that fill the super soakers with like hot boiling water. Yes. Oh, yeah. those jerks. Classic. Yeah. Sure. The yeah. classic super scold super soaker super scalders. Yeah. The child war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> child war crimes. Yeah. Isn't one of them? That, don't they get like stabbed with a sharpened popsicle at some point? Is that- <laughs> yeah. Some of them. I'm like, I get that, but these actually will hurt you. Yeah, the popsicle shivs. It's fucked up. 
So these kids, I feel like these bullies were being set up just to, I was in my mind, I was like, the abominable snowman comes back to Pasadena, obviously, because right. it's in the title. Yeah. And this snowman's gonna kill these bully kids yes. or something. But well, I think and I I, I yeah, my theory plays into that, Chad. So I think okay. hold on to that. Okay, I think okay. we all. I don't know if you guys were thinking this, but by like the time they were deciding to go to Alaska, and it's the 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 name of the book is the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. I'm like, this is a Harry and the Henderson situation, right? We mm-hmm. already know that they're going to become right. friends with the snowman because he has to come back to California. You know, there has to be. So we all we already kind of expected that with with uh, just the name alone. So you knew that, like, I think your your uh, theory was was sound, Chad. That the kids, the bullies, were being set up to be tortured later. And we, and again, we'll get to that. Let's let's keep the story moving forward. Here. Right. So they get to Alaska and they meet. It was what this like a uh, bear grills, uh, uh, bearded. Yeah. Uh, uh, who I'm trying to think of. I'm just thinking Al Borland from Home Improvement. That's my metric yes. for a, a bearded uh, woodland guy. I uh, think it's more so a, a, someone who is knowledgeable. <laughs> that Al Borland is knowledgeable, I guess. That's maybe I see why you... him as a standpoint of just of calm, collected competency. Competency mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also has a beard, so therefore he's in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. His name is Arthur, though, right? Or Arthur, is that, is there, yeah. Yeah, or is there another character? Because like I kind of got confused because they were like, "Oh, you're meeting me, but then you're going to meet this other guy later." And I was it, like, well, "Arthur's the I think guy." No, I, was, Arthur. I was thinking of Arthur. Yeah, Arthur, Arthur yeah. the woodland expert. There's a lot of description of Arthur eating stew and the stew getting caught in his beard. There's some really yeah, detailed there's stuff a about lot that. of stew eating in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you I know mean, what? If we're if this is a Moby Dick, this is that's the clam chowder scene, right? Where they're eating mm. the clam chowder. That's his version Chad, of pa- it. Paul, I think maybe you have only read Moby Dick. Am I the only person? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I'll nod along and go. Yeah, I totally remember those clam chowder chapters of Moby Dick. I read the comic book classic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know Ray, Ray Bad, Bradbury? I think he adapted it for a TV movie, and he never read the book. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, he said, oh, no, you just, there, there was like a documentary we watched in school one time. He's like, everybody knows the story of Moby Dick. You just flip around the pages, read a little bit, and then I write it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you do your book report. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Arthur yeah. slash Al Borland is there in Alaska, and he is against the idea of this expedition, right? He's like, I, I, listen, I'll, I'll let you pay me to show you around, mm-hmm. but I hope you don't find this thing. So I guess he's had some, he's like seen this thing off in the distance or it, isn't the thing that like the dogs are scared of it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was very excited. There's dogs in this book. I, I'm <laughs> well, always happy. Well, there's a scary, scary moment where, yeah. he, you know, Arthur tells this story about, you know, a, a guy who saw the snowman and he's like, you don't want to hear what happened next. And they were like, tell us what happened next. And he goes, well, he took one of the dogs and ran off with it and he ate the dog. Yep. Oh God! I think I blacked out that detail because I hate whenever anything bad happens to a dog. Yeah, I did too. I didn't know there was man eating dog. That is actually kind of horrific. Yeah, yeah. That that did happen, right, Paul? Oh yeah. He talks about the terrible howls that it made as it died. Yeah, it made it made sad noises. Yeah. So so that was a pretty dark moment, and I was like, wow, the 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 book is like setting us up for something dark Mm -hmm. to happen because. They gave us that. That's scary. That's like, even as an adult reading that, it's like, oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. And know? then he talks about multiple men being murdered by it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the darkest thing I've actually read in a Goosebumps book, other than the, the mask merging with your flesh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, there was some other weird, there's been other weird child deaths. Again, in. I will reiterate, in the second book of this series, the children murder a man with a demon camera. That happened. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But I don't care about children or old men. I care about dogs. Good right. boys. That's, yes. ah. Agreed. Agreed. 
100%. But that I was going to mention that that fear and that anxiety that they built up was good, but kind of I was really thrown by I think we can skip to the the part where they go out into the into the wilderness mm-hmm. and Arthur's like I don't want to keep going. The 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 dogs are all spooked and and I think deer are all staring at something in the distance. You can't tell what, right? Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the big encounter with with the the Yeti, uh, the the, the Bonneville Snowman. Yeah. And they go into a cave and just find the snowman frozen. Yeah, he's just oh. he's alive, and there's a lot of okay, there's a lot of crevasses in this. Yes, <laughs> yes, crevasse they, heavy. Yeah, cracks and crevasses. They find the snowman inside a crevasse, but before that, they fall into a separate, unrelated crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just to set up the idea of the crevasse. Yeah, yes. letting people know that it will be important later. Right. We teach kids about crevasses real quick in this book. And, and I, you know, Jordan, you make a good point. There's a lot of good setup in this book. I was impressed by the amount of foreshadowing and, uh, and story, like, table setting they did in the beginning that actually pays off later, including the crevasse setups. Yeah, it's like you think of this, oh, this is just kind of, an, you know, an unrelated, you know, uh, danger of, you know, a, a, an Alaska danger. expedition. Yeah. But no, uh, they're... Learning how to get in and out of crevasses will become important later. <laughs> yeah, there's more for the chapter later where the abominable snowman gets caught in a crevasse and has to eat his own arm off. <laughs> oh to yeah, get out. oh it's, yeah. It's a, if you know if you if you see a crevasse in the first act, it's Chekhov's crevasse. <laughs> Chekhov's <laughs> crevasse. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you guys read that scene, but the part where the snowman just frozen in ice is it's cool, but I feel like it kind of robs a lot of the horror of like, oh, this thing's gonna get us. Because it's right, it's already right. well, captured. But like, I, I thought there was an opportunity to to just like kind of like you know really scary describe like what it looks like since you can like really look at it. But like I felt that that was kind of glossed over too. Like they do it a little bit, but then it's it's they just start they start paying attention to other things, you know. Yeah, well, like, it, like snow. Yeah, they're trying to get again. The, they know the true killer, the snow around them. Is what they have to worry about. <laughs> Uh, and they they're trying to get out, and the uh, the the abominable snowman escapes. He cracks out of his ice prison, uh, and he picks but up. But only partly. Sorry, I was always confused. But only partly out of the ice, I guess. Right? Like a Tex Avery cartoon, <laughs> he starts just breaking out. Um, partially, I think he busts out completely. He comes out, right? Because yeah, then he, out. He, he takes the kids. Yeah, he picks oh, up no, Nicole. Right. He picks Nicole up, uh, and they think that you know uh, his his. Her brother, Jordan, thinks that she's going to be eaten, but he's sniffing around. He rips open her bag and he finds the trail mix they have in it, which I thought, you know, I thought this might be like a 90s uh, poking fun at those weirdo left coasters and their trail mix. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you know, oh, he's eating granola, man. Yeah, yeah, right? they, they wore flip flops up into the snow drifts. Those dumb <laughs> yeah, idiots. Yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, RL, ease up a little bit here. But <laughs> they find it, they find it, and they and he eats the trail mix. Then he finds uh, Jordan's trail mix, eats that, uh, and then he is nice and carries them uh, back to their cabin, pretty much. Yeah. Right? I don't think he anything just else has low blood sugar. Yeah, that's all it was. Oh, because it's kids' trail mix, so you know it had like M and M's and yeah. like chocolate sure. stuff mm-hmm. in it. Absolutely, yeah. White chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my god, it's that mm-hmm. monster mix where it's mostly just candy. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so he takes them back to the to the cabin, uh, and I I don't think he does anything else. Right, he just leaves. Yeah, and then they they go and get that, and they're like, "We saw him. We saw the abominable snowman." And then it does that annoying goosebumps thing where they say. 
oh, my pranking child, do yes. not prank <laughs> me. Right. Yes, yes. Well, and we we didn't say earlier, sorry to, to, to cut you off here, Don, but we didn't say earlier that Jordan does pull a prank on everybody where he makes a fake big footprint. At one yeah, point. They, there's a moment where dad gets real, like dad mad at his son. He's like, <laughs> God damn it, kid. It, uh, this is my work. You, this isn't Pasadena. You can't just dick around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they really say they really say Pasadena a lot. In <laughs> they love. And I, yeah. I wonder if that means anything to anyone other. Like if you don't live in Southern California, I wonder if you know what Pasadena is or like the cultural baggage I feel that comes like along as, with it. As someone who grew up on the East Coast, Pasadena was like, you just automatically think of palm trees when you hear Pasadena. It's just like... Okay. Well, uh, what, what, an important part of Pasadena that plays uh, in, in all of all Americans' lives is that we're told that uh, Pasadena is like middle of America uh, for Halloween, you know? So like the setting of Halloween, you know, it takes... I, oh, I live right. pretty close to the to the area where they shot most of Halloween, uh-huh. and uh, it's interesting living close to it because it's like, oh yeah, this is like what like I, I've you know watching Halloween as a kid, what what Halloween is supposed to look like, but it's like you know this picturesque like you know wealthy neighborhood <laughs> where the leaves don't fall, you know. Uh huh. Well, is it that's it, interesting? It's kind of described as like a Levittown style neighborhood a little bit. Dom, uh, in the book. If, add a add a couple more hundred thousand dollars on top okay. of that, and okay. Uh, it's not. I mean, you know, there, every house is nice in Pasadena, right? See, um, I'd be, I'd be curious because, like, yeah, from Indiana, reading it my, myself, I, I just assumed Pasadena is the same as Beverly Hills. Like in my mind, it was just yeah. like, all California places are the same. But Jordan, as our, as our California boy expert, what did Pasadena significance mean to you? Well, yeah. So I guess there's, you know, there's, there's what are the big Pasadena cultural things? There's the little old lady from there. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a place where the elderly drag race. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and there's the Rose Parade. Did you guys have the televised Rose Parade growing up, or was that just a Southern? Game? I know the Rose Bowl Parade. Is that past, that's Pasadena. Yeah, where yeah. they do the floats made of flowers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to say that I think it was televised, but in Philadelphia we have the Mummers Day Parade, which is the oh. drunk person's parade. Right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so we pay attention to that mess. I'm sorry. What, what what is the use of the word Mummers, Paul? I a resident Philadelphian, can you? I, I don't it, fucking know why they're called that. I don't know. Uh, why are they called mummers? I think it was just like a term that was called. They were like, oh, all these drunk people. <laughs> it is it is literally the drunk person's parade. It's like, okay, all the common folk can come out and have their little party on uh, the the same, the you know, the, uh, the beginning of the year. And uh, everyone is just drunk and singing right. songs. And every child is given one battery to throw. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the Philly fanatic skips down the streets and gives everyone their battery. He's got, it's like some twisted version of Santa Claus. <laughs> right. If you're good, the Philly fanatic will give you one nine volt battery to throw. <laughs> but if you're really good, it's a D battery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Those are the throwing batteries. Apparently, mummer means to pantomime or to merry make in disguise during festivals. Okay. So that's why they're drunk called person. mummers. Drunk, drunk person. Yeah. Make merry means being high and drunk. Yes. Okay. Not to knock the Philadelphia culture, I have some notes on the thoughts of that parade. But let's say that for another time. 
Uh, uh, we'll do a mummer special. Yeah, we can we can talk about the mummers sometime. When you get to the classic Goosebumps book, uh, the mystery of the mummy mummer, <laughs> the mummy mummer, and it's just a drunk the racially insensitive mummer mummy mummer. <laughs> uh, quick sidebar, guys, they found more mummies. Oh, oh no! Yes, that's a big news. By the way, Jordan, they found, you, they saw found that? more mummies. They, There's they more mummies. More, they found more mummies the other day. It's not a news story that's big because there's so much crazy news happening every yeah. day. Um, but they found more mummies, guys. Which does that's where mean we are. We're due for some plagues. Some plagues are probably going to pop up. Soon. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we thought we had discovered all of the mummies because there's a set amount of mummies on Earth, right? Like right. Yeah. limited amount of helium, for example. We're running out of helium. Mm-hmm. We're running out of mummies, and this is a huge <laughs> deal to find a new surplus of mummies. Mm-hmm. Yes, surplus. These mummies gotta go <laughs> <laughs> just before. Just you know, before shit hits the fan. Does anyone have eyes on Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> if this shit goes south, we're gonna we, need Brendan we Fraser. Got, he's he's out in his cabin chopping wood and a helicopter lands. Like Brendan, we need you. Back. We need you, Brendan. <laughs> More importantly, have you guys seen Billy Zane? Oh boy! <laughs> oh no! Both of them, both of them have been sad and missing for a while, and I think they're, <laughs> I think they're gonna be very happy now. I think their lives have just suddenly made a turn for the better. I think the research, yeah, I think Billy Zane's been doing Titanicon and a few other uh, related things where, like, you know, he goes and he, like, sinks a boat for you and then he gets a big paycheck to to sink his boat just like he did in Titanic. <laughs> That's how that happened in that movie, right? He sunk the boat? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did it with all his, his rich guy money. He played the insurance fraud. He played the Yeah, yeah I was going to say, he took a he took a, yeah, an insurance uh, thing out before they went on that trip, yeah. Wait, okay, where are we at in the story of this book that we're supposed to talk <laughs> okay, about? Okay, so, so, so we were just talking about Pasadena. What's what's one of the did you have another cultural significance of Pasadena, Jordan? Oh yeah, I mean I think I think you know like in in Southern California I think it is like it, there's a lot of like historic homes up mm-hmm. there and mm. it's kind of square. There's a lot of like hmm. chain restaurants. Uh, it has a very nice uh, BJ's Brew House <laughs> yes. and it's inside an old bank. It's like okay. The most like average chain restaurant in the most beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it's kind of where like if you make a little money in the entertainment industry, you kind of move to raise your kids. Okay. Sure, yeah. okay. sure. It's it's the it's the Burbank of California. Yeah, it's like <laughs> maybe if you did a little, if if you did pretty good, you move to Burbank, and if you did a, a little better than that, you can move to Pasadena. Okay. Sure, I get that. Go to the horse track and I'll also spend your spend your extra residual checks. Yeah, there's probably a good uh yeah, if you wrote a couple episodes of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> which which read- takes place, another cultural significance. There is a Big Bang Theory way because that's where it takes place. It takes place in Pasadena. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh, I thought wait, it was how New do you York. know this, Dom? How do you, because I was there? like, I was like, I was trying to take the train there one day, and I was like, all right, where does the train get off? And I was like, Big Bang Theory way. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up, and it was like in 2018, it was crowned the, the city, the mayor of uh, Pasadena, you know, presented it, and he sure. said so. Bazinga as he smashed right. a champagne bottle against the street uh, sign. They definitely said Bazinga. Make a ride on Young Sheldon Parkway. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this sounds like a place would have been great to see an abominable snowman just kind of run through like the Hulk, so to speak, and destroy Mm -hmm. everything. But that doesn't really happen. I mean, let's get to let's let's talk about the real thing. Like typical white people, they abducted the abominable snowman. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) drag them, king. Yes. (laughs) 
but that's what happens, right? They the, the they see the snowman again, and he's frozen again, right? Yeah, well, yeah, so that's, uh, why, that's why I was confused. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's father actually believes him, which goes completely against Goosebumps tropes. The father believes him, decides to go along with him. Uh, they find the they find the frozen form of the of the abominable snowman, and they just so happen to have a uh, a, a weatherproof casket with them that they. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, the opposite of a Pizza Hut heat oven bag. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was secretly purchased because his dad was like, "The kids may die." So yeah, I, I want to be able to transport back. their corpses back. <laughs> it was a yes. It was a deluxe sized child coffin. Yes, <laughs> I am bringing my kids into the tundra. <laughs> They're just carrying this big giant freezer with them the entire way. Yeah. So I guess they call up a helicopter and without getting into the details of they're slipping this pilot money or whatever. Yeah. They just get the snowman back to California. Yeah. Oh, and you know, real quick, I just want to say that Arthur does abandon them and takes his their food and leaves them to starve in the wilderness by themselves. Oh, he yeah. does do that. It's a pretty fucked up moment for Arthur. Never to be seen again, I don't think, right? Like I kept thinking Arthur would show up in Pasadena with like a gun. Yeah, oh my. Like that's my snowman. That's my snowman. You bring it back. I'm also part snowman or whatever. Oh yeah. Arthur no. seriously just has enough of their shit and goes, <laughs> "You don't believe me that this guy is scary and I'm gone." So, uh it's kind of despicable what he does, but it's he despicable, but you're right. Their their white bullshit deserves to leave to cause them to be left for dead. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, fair. that's fair. <laughs> so we just jump to another premise for a book, which is now Snowman in Pasadena, right? Who yes. also, ha- but they've also transported magic snowballs with that. Yes, yeah, so this is that's the, the best part. part of the whole book. <laughs> this is the best part because it just dips into magical realism all of a sudden. I love mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying, earmarking it more. That's part that ties into my theory. Keep going. Well, I was just gonna say it's. I think at this point, to me, the book became less about the snowman and more about magic snow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that it was snow, I guess, around the snowman. It was just like in his cave that he's probably not to be gross, defecated and urinated in. <laughs> so I don't know if that's what makes the snow magic. <laughs> I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna go ahead and say probably, um, because uh, this guy has the power to like create a ice cocoon for himself, and then also to Hulk smash out of it. <laughs> so uh, I mean, wait, let's talk about the snowballs though. They they throw a snowball right, mm-hmm. and it hits a palm tree. Yeah, yep. in Pasadena, they brought it with them. I guess they use that to pack the snow ice. The yeah, snowman. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, snow ice is the most redundant word I've ever said, by the way, I just want to call it out. <laughs> but yeah, they, they throw a snowball at each other. And they've been mentioning, by the way, I went back through it. They mentioned throwing snowballs at each other a lot in the book. It's a right. lot of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they throw and they dodge and it hits a palm tree. And the palm tree, like Iceman from the X-Men or something, it encases yep. it in ice. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And then they throw another one on the ground and it fills the backyard with snow. And they're blown away because... This is magic. It's true magic. Uh, and the the snowman's sleeping through all of this. He's still stuck oh, yeah. in the casket. Yeah, he's in their shed. They just like <laughs> they put him in. Uh, yeah, yeah, dad decides to just put him in the shed till he can. I don't know. I don't know what they're waiting for. I think he's finding. <laughs> I don't know what, he's finding I mean, the highest fire, kind of like, Jordan. He's he's doing again his white bullshit. He's he's finding the where he can get the most money for this thing. <laughs> right. He's calling up rich men and going, "Yo, y'all well, want to see a snowman?" That's right. what he does. He goes, "I have to go to Los Angeles to go talk to some scientists. Uh, you kids." <laughs> 
don't throw magic snowballs oh, while right. I'm gone. He, does. he <laughs> drives right. into LA to talk to some scientists. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, LA, why would you the, not bring the body with you? At Los Angeles, the beacon of scientific snowman progress. Right. Yeah. It's like, where is he going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I have to see a certain director who I know loves big feet. Yeah. If, <laughs> <laughs> if he had said, instead, scientists, I'm going to go King Kong it and like showbiz it. Right. Yes. I would have <laughs> bought that way more. Like I'm going down to the studios. I'm going to pitch a snowman movie. And mm-hmm. then when they say we're not really buying your script, I'll be like, but I got the snowman already. Right. He's attached. He's attached. He's <laughs> doing a package deal. Yeah. I, I would have bought that way more. really excited about this project. <laughs> Jared Leto's interest. <laughs> I was about to say Jared Leto. He have feels you seen, did most- you see that article about him and the Joker? Uh, which one? I've seen many Jared Leto Joker articles. Uh, this one was about his, uh, he was so upset about the Joaquin Todd Phillips project that like, I guess he badgered his agents at, uh, his agency and so much that he went through four rounds of teams of agents and then eventually left the agency (laughs) because he was so distraught about them making a Joker movie and not letting him be the Joker. Let me, I like that because let me pitch you a third, a different third act for this book that doesn't spoil where we're going. Okay. The dad gets a snowman movie go, right? Mm-hmm. He gets it set mm-hmm. in, let's Love say, it. Paramount, whatever, because yeah, sure. it's, a, it's a mountain, get it? Uh, yeah. Nice. Right? Uh, and, and Jared Leto is attached, but Jared Leto doesn't realize they already have a snowman, right? Mm. And Jared Leto's like, wants to get like really into the role, and he's starting to like mail his coworkers just like snowman dung, which is just his oh, own. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Kind of Yellow snow. Yellow snow. Oh, and he's like, oh, yeah. it's funny. And everyone's like, yeah, I guess, Jared Leto, you're getting into character, I guess. And then he finds out, no, there's already a snowman. And Jerry Leto's like, I gotta go fucking kill that snowman so he doesn't right. steal my movie. Right. Mm. And and now Jared Leto's on the scene, yeah. I think playing the Joker twisted him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it fucks you up, man. Yeah, the clown prints you. a crime. He gets, into your, <laughs> he gets into your brain and he doesn't let go. Um, there have been, a, like, in actuality, haven't there been, like, three abominable snowman movies in the past year or two? Uh, there, probably. Well, apparently that one, that one that just came out was just banned in a bunch of countries because it, like, violated some pra- – something. I, I, I saw a headline about it, but the one with uh, – it was the the CG animated one with all of the all of the abominable snowman. Do you remember oh, that um, when that was coming out? Well, yeah. I know the DreamWorks abominable that just came out. Shout out to DreamWorks. <laughs> uh, but you're talking about a, a live action ones, right? No, no, right? no, no. I'm talking I'm talking about an animated one. It might be the DreamWorks one. Yeah, but uh, then the, the I think the where the the movie we got the Zendaya is Michi. Oh God, that's, that's yes. what I think. That was yes. the abominable that's the one. Yeah. Zendaya, that's, and me. that and that one was just barred in a bunch of countries because some reason. I'll have to look it up later. It's because Zendaya is just a, a a war crime enemy in multiple countries. She's done some fucked up. Right. No one ever talks the about. uh you're right the abominable snowman uh 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 raids a sweatshop and frees all the children <laughs> who are making iPhones. <laughs> we can't play this move <laughs> this, is, this won't fly here in, here it, in it's China. the whole it's the whole movie goes and then the very last thing before the snowman dies he turns to the camera and says free hong kong wow and yeah. they're just like yeah we can't do anything we with can. this movie at all mm-hmm. can we just cut that last line no, no, stays no. In. it's super important Oh yeah, there's a DreamWorks movie that's coming out that came out this year as well, Abominable. Yeah, that's I think that that's one. A di- I, that, that's that one. I think that's, that's a different one. No, this is the weird thing that happens in animated feature films. 
some people think it's studios stealing from one another. I think it's just features are just in development hell for years yeah. and years. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, uh, out comes Bugs Life. Okay, we're doing Ants. Uh, right. We're doing ne- Finding Nemo. We're doing Shark's Tale. Everyone just had Yetis on the brain, man. You think it's just the zeitgeist thing? You think the zeitgeist is just expressing itself? Yeah, I think there's like I th- I think there's like just kind of a thing of like okay, we want to do fantasy. Everyone's already done dragons. What's next? And then there's like there's like three things you can do anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then next year it's all gonna be mummies. I'm so drug, excited for mummy drug oh, mummies. Man. Yeah, the mummies shall begin now. Yeah, there's a mummy movie. There's a there's a mummy movie for kids uh, that I saw earlier today. That was a a, a Disney movie where kids. Uh, it's like Harry and the Henderson, but it's it's a mummy. Oh wow. They go they go camping, they find a mummy in the woods. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. John Lithgow grows to love him. Yeah, and, and then, then the mummy he shouts out, at him. Get out of here. Uh, I hate you. Go back to your sarcophagus. <laughs> we don't want you. We've got to keep this mummy under wraps. <laughs> oh my okay. god. Before oh we break the god. entire all the beats of this John Lithgow mummy movie. <laughs> none of these fun hijinks happen. That's the in problem. This story. That's the fucking problem. There's no Harry and the Henderson's moment. They do the magic snowballs. It starts to get everywhere. They're like, "Oh god, what are we going to do?" They get out the trail mix cuz again, we're in SoCal, baby. We're going to eat we're eating nuts and berries out here. They pull out the yes. trail mix. They wake up the 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 abominable snowman now of Pasadena. Well, he, if I may, Paul, I think there's yeah. a step right before that, right? The reason they even bring out the trail mix is like kids messing around with their dad's gun. Mm-hmm. They throw <laughs> they, there's some there's some friendly fire and a kid gets frozen. I can't oh, remember that's which one right. gets frozen. It's Nicole. Nicole, the sister, gets frozen. Nicole, the sister, yeah, gets right, frozen. Right, right. And I and like in my mind, I know it's magic snow. That kid is dead. Mm, yeah. As soon as they're on ice for like yeah. more than a couple minutes, that kid is gone. Yeah, brain but cells are dying. We've seen the snowman. I guess the snowman, it, it would seem, returns to kind of a a hibernation state. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. He eats and then he retreats back into his block of ice. So I think we've seen, and you know, and I think you know, RL is playing a chess game here. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the pieces meticulously arranged on the board. Mm-hmm. So I think we've seen that this. The ice state caused by this magic snow is it doesn't kill you, but it kind of just suspends you. Yeah, it's a cryo freeze. You're right. Right. So actually, what these kids have discovered with their father is a uh, is eternal life. Right. That's true. Actually, that snow is the most valuable thing in the world. Working cryogenics. Yeah. So I guess I guess this is the part of the the book where I feel like was the the weakest in terms of logic. Of oh no, Nicole is frozen. Mm -hmm. What do we do? There's no like let's bust out the the air the blow dryers yeah or let's get her in front of a fire it's just I bet the Yeti knows how to how to unfreeze her <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that's the yep. weirdest logic they did they did see the Yeti bust out of ice before so right. but that and to me is just them. like string that's just like a straw get a sledgehammer and go to town if but if this is the video game you're playing the uh, the abominable snowman of Pasadena video game you know the first thing you're gonna do is like I gotta use the trail mix to get the snowman up no you're right you're right they were just cutting to the chase (laughs) yeah they they established the mechanics early on and we and we see him free his sister Nicole's sister he or Jordan's sister Nicole gets freed by the snowman and then uh and then runs away and then that's the last we see of the snowman he's gone the book's over you know basically the book's over at that point right well, yeah, he he frees also he frees her just by hugging her. Yes, yes. yes. Is that right? Is that yeah, what happens? I think sure. The abominable, the abominable <laughs> yes. hug. Yeah, I, I I read it as 
maybe trying to crush the life out of this child mm, because sure. snowman's got to eat but sure, sure he's, he's like fine. Yeah, he's warming up his his snack his like afternoon snack yeah you defrosting you take that out of the freezer and you, you put your ben and jerry's and a little bit of warm water so it gets yeah, a little nice bit yeah and i think it's I, I think it's worth mentioning too that all this stuff we've been talking about the like snowball fight the magic snow the girl getting frozen uh the abominable snowman breaking her out happens on the last like yes, three yes, pages. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> there was probably about 50 pages of snowball fight yeah the the rest of the book is just uh an old guide eating stew <laughs> and various crevasse yes. incidents. And then the abominable snowman of Pasadena action is is like. Yeah, 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 I guess yes. like he's declared the abominable snowman of Pasadena after he runs off into the hills of Pasadena. Yeah. Where, where he's going to completely disrupt the ecosystem. Right. Well, yeah. let's, let's just men- I have to mention this little fact about the snowman. He's only a head taller than the character Jordan. Yes. He says that at oh, one right. point. So he's a rather small creature. He's like, he's like five feet tall, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like five yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed that detail because I was the still cover of the book. You're I think of- the Goosebumps movie has the, the cover of the book or the Goosebumps movie, because right. he's in the movie, he's the one they fight oh. in the uh, and the, the ro- yeah. roller rink. And that one's trying to kill oh, those yeah. kids in that movie. It sure seems like Well, it. here's my theory, because so, that's the end of the book, essentially. Um, and then kids are about to throw snowballs again. Well, yeah, yeah they have the that's Twilight Zone ending, right? Where the kids are playing with the magic snow and are about to freeze each other. And the snowman's gone, so they can't unfreeze them. So those bullies... You can't get that yeah, snowman the bullies hug, died. so you're fucked, The bullies right? are murdered. Murdered themselves. But, well, here's my theory, is that I think... Whoever wrote this book, because we speculate, did RL use ghostwriters and mm-hmm, stuff? So. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote this, whoever wrote this book, I think the first draft they submitted was too scary, and they told him you have to change mm. it because. Um, and that's something I realized uh, reading this book is like, oh wow, I bet a big note that the writers get on all these books is it's too scary. You have to figure out a different way to rewrite the end of the book where mm-hmm. it gets scary. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many of these dilly-dally and then end up in some weird place where, like, we're suddenly talking about, you know, body swapping with chipmunks. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like... <laughs> that's the thing that's yeah, happened, it's like, yes. it's like stuff like that happens. <laughs> you're like, why did we land there? And I have to think that that's a note. It's like, we can't scare kids like we're trying to sell these books. Yeah. We can't have kids be actually scared by these books. And so that's why it turns into this magical snowball fight. And it's really not about the snowman at all. No, it's about the snow. Yeah, he he does seem like kind of an afterthought. It does seem like, <laughs> or I don't know. It's like, was there a magical snowball fight book that just kind of like, the, they the magic snow from Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's what the original book was. The far off fantasy world of Alaska. But, 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 but I right. point to the I point to the fact that Arthur is like he ate a dog, and you could hear the dog yelling and whimpering as he was eaten. That wait, oh, wait. I want to clarify. Arthur didn't eat the dog. The snowman no, he tells ate the, the dog. Yeah, he tells right? the story of the snowman yeah. eating the dog. He's like, you don't right. want to know this next part. And they were like, tell us this next part. And he said, he took a dog. And he ate the dog, and everybody heard the dog being eaten. Like, that is a really dark part Yeah, that remained in the book. So, right. like, they, sure. so the writer set us up there to be like, you're going to see something scary, but then nothing, that's the scariest moment of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You're right. And they're kind of going for a bit of a, a bit of a Harry and the Hendersons thing where, like, oh, he only eats trail mix, so maybe he's a 
vegetarian and maybe the dog is a misdirect or maybe he just eats whatever he is and he's an omnivore i don't know i I like your theory they do set up him like taking dogs for like i don't know half the book and then he doesn't we don't see any evidence of dogs in his little his little home cave what i'm saying i i I took that as maybe arthur is an unreliable Mm. narrator himself in terms of either he's he's selling stories to to, because he's got a gift shop down (laughs) stew and books he's trying to yeah yeah, stew and books the stew does not have any dogs in it do not worry (laughs) the the stew does have books in it though yeah it does that's the that's the uh the forage uh paper in there ground up wet paperbacks (laughs) <laughs> but I like your theory, Dom. I, I got a, a vibe, and we've talked about this before in Goosebuds, of that the Goosebump books kind of feel like their stream of consciousness, where it's just kind of like, right. yeah, I wrote myself into a corner, and, and then what if the dad was a ghost? Like, this one felt that a little bit, but also even more of um, maybe in a good way, a D&D campaign that just kind of veered off the rails very fast. Right. Like, RL, the the author, wrote this, this campaign about you're going to fight... Uh, a yeti and then as a side detail he mentioned that the snowballs freeze and the party just became obsessed with the freezing snowballs uh-huh. right. and now the next campaign just became about freezing snowballs and undoing that kind of thing that's a felt to me at least yeah i'm with you on that yeah it was uh it was pretty disappointing i mean uh <laughs> you know on the cover we have the we have the snowman covered in snow that's melting and he's got he's got his arms around a light pole that he's bending and you know it looks pretty menacing it's a great cover yeah and jordan you have the newer book yeah i I got the yeah yeah because mine actually the book that i got uh has now a major motion picture Mm. so this was a kind of dates it gotcha but it's 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 even more fearsome uh snowman i would say i think he's got a bit of a he's got like a a a head smashing spot where he like obviously smacks things with his forehead on that little bald spot you know yeah. <laughs> yes it's a rammer it this reminds me have you guys ever seen the movie chud i oh, yeah, yeah some of it i haven't seen it in hall so the movie is called chud chud mm-hmm. stands for uh cannibalistic humanoid underground mm-hmm. dwellers. that's mm-hmm. correct yes this is an 80s mm-hmm. horror movie yes uh you know i think the cover of chud shows kind of zombie-like characters kind of popping out from the uh-huh. sewers. Right, it's referenced in Us a little bit. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. Uh, there are Starring big... Daniel Stern. <laughs> Daniel Stern? Oh, yeah, Daniel Stern's in it. Um, yeah. There are basically no chuds in it. Oh, chuds. man. <laughs> it, is a, it is a movie about, like, bureaucratic red tape. I love that. <laughs> it's a movie about <laughs> municipal corruption, and then at the very end, you see a couple of chuds. <laughs> well, well I, I wonder if that played into the release of Chud 2, because they made Chud 2, and they said that the, 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 the title line on Chud 2 is, this Chud's for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Maybe there's more chuds in Chud 2. Yeah, <laughs> gotta see Chud 2. I can't wait. Is that the real, is that the real subtitle of Chud 2, or is that a good bit? I can't tell. No, 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 that's real, that, because you know this buds for you was oh yeah that's why, slogan. that's why i couldn't tell i thought it would be like chud too for real there's more chuds mm-hmm. in this one trust those guys <laughs> sorry about the lack of chuds <laughs> in the first one <laughs> <laughs> we swear there's a chud in here in fact there's one for you <laughs> <laughs> there's a chud for everyone <laughs> I, yeah, I mean it's a bit of a, again a goosebuds uh, a goosebumps disappointing ending mm, where we don't sure. get the full snowman we want uh jordan how did you kind of react to 
the 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 denouement of this book as it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was perplexed. I mean, I definitely, you know, you are promised a kind of fun on the cover of mm-hmm. this, and with the title too. I mean, of uh, you know, a a a creature, a mythic creature from another land, kind of you know, uh, rampaging through a a suburban paradise. And yeah, I think what you get is a an Arctic adventure that's that's you know maybe a little more atmosphere than it is action Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you know in the last five pages or so you kind of get this weird mishmash of magic snow and snowman and uh children freezing each other in blocks of ice yeah it's It's, like his adventure zone more than anything yeah it's really it's it's really crazy i don't know i think i would be bummed i think if i was a kid reading this i would i would have been pretty bummed i think i would have i would have been mad at the end i liked i mean as far as like you know an exercise for a podcast. It was really fun and crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I think if I was a kid and I got this at the book fair with my, you know, five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would have been a little bummed. Hey, let me tell you, after doing 70 of these bad boys, I'm a little bummed. <laughs> <laughs> You're just generally bummed. Yeah, in your I would life. say that I would say this isn't this wasn't necessarily the worst one. But it's definitely a goose dud, without a doubt. Uh, oh, <laughs> how have we not said goose yeah, dud? Yeah, that's well, strange. Uh, coin, baby. It's coin now. Can you imagine not knowing anything about goosebumps and then seeing, you know, now a major motion picture on the cover of your copy of uh, Pasadena? And then you're like, wow, okay, well, I'll read this book. And then you finish and you're like, how the hell is this a major yeah. motion picture? <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of like the main. Like they adapted this story. This is kind at of all? yeah. This is kind of the main threat. I'd say even more than Slap. I don't know if you saw the Goosebumps movie. Or I, the I have not seen it, but I, I'd say he, the Pasadena Snowman is like the biggest threat of the whole fucking movie. Like yeah, you know, I mean, and he de- he does more in that than he does in this. Yeah, part. he's like slipping around like an ice rink, and they I think they defeat him with a Zumbini or not a Zumbini, a uh, Zamboni. Zamboni, yeah, yeah Zumbini's a kids adventure game. Uh, I, how about this? Because sometimes we do this when the uh, book is particularly disappointing let's fix the ending oh okay mm-hmm. oh actually can i just make one more little comment about Please. the cover and i definitely i think this uh, I, I definitely think the ending needs fixing but on the cover of mine the goosebumps logo the, the, <laughs> the drippy goosebumps logo that we all know and love uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. is is white so i think they were trying to make it look like snow but god damn it looks like cum god damn it looks like goosebumps Jordan? is written in cum. oh my god it really does <laughs> Jordan, I wrote a note about the original cover where the 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 abominable snowman is is holding a uh, a lamp post in his hand, and he's covered in a goopy white liquid there as well. Also unfortunate. That's some chunky white goop, right? Yes, on it's that cover. Goop. I I gotta. I'm sorry. I gotta bring it. Oh my god! This yeah, is, no. It's, goosebumps are the the goosebumps you get after you blast particularly hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that Slappy's up there. Like, yeah, you know what this is. <laughs> I did this, and I don't even have genitals. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat it now because I'm nasty. <laughs> well, I think we've already fixed this book a little bit. Yeah, the end of this book is the abominable snowman comes and then a uh, ventriloquist dummy eats it. (laughs) (laughs) That's genuinely more interesting than anything that happened in this book. Fixed. Yep, that's fixed. I, I, Wait, what the hell? What? I'm I'm looking up. I'm seeing all this fan art for this particular. Oh, no. Don't go down this rabbit hole, Dom. Yeah, because there's... I, I, it's on my phone and I want to send it to you, but I, 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 
Wait, hold on. I don't go down Rule Thirty Four of Abominable Snowman. Continue, continue talking. I'll just share, well, I'll just share. Let some me images. just let me just pitch you a slight tweak. I would do. I really can't top uh, <laughs> Snowman Jizz. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it'd be so much of it, right? Because he's a big boy. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and he's been in that ice for a he's long time. He's been in ice. He's been storing it he's up. Not, he's not cranking it in the ice. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There is a buildup. But I mean, we were told that he's a five foot man, so he can't jizz more than a five foot man could. I would That's say. true. That's true. Uh, here's my non jizz related pitch. Okay. Boring, uh, but okay. okay. They, they, all the stuff happens where they bring the snowman back and they lure him out with trail mix and the snowman runs off into the hills of Pasadena to prey upon uh, cougars and stray hikers, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and the bo- the kids get frozen. Cut to a thousand years later. The okay. Kids are, the kids are being dethawed because mm. they've been cryogenically frozen by a snowman scientist. And it turns out oh. that releasing the Pasadena, the abominable snowman of Pasadena, disrupted the ecosystem so poorly or so much, right, that they took over. The entire country. Fucking Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And they've uncovered these kids to go like, oh, you're this old artifact of something strange and mysterious. And you get a bit of an I Am Legend, more the book than the movie, where it's like, you're this thing we don't understand and we fear you kids. And that's the world they live in. Whoa. Wow. And and they're called fleshlings. They're like, we found fleshlings. <laughs> they called pink bellies. Yes. We we found the warm ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just pass the kids around like heat packs to keep everyone. Oh uh, yeah, sure. If the snowman has a bad back, <laughs> he puts a kid a kid on it. <laughs> well, Jordan, so what so what would you say? You you thought this was a disappointment for you? Yeah, I mean it was it of was very <laughs> <laughs> I just also, have we disappointed you, have we disappointed you enough was this a waste of your time <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah, I have I, to ask that question every time someone comes on this show because it's yeah it I mean I think I was kind of hope- do we have to apologize I was hoping for you know like something that would be you know have a little little poignancy and I think you know as you pointed out you know they do add a little bit of realism in the beginning it's like oh they these kids are from a divorced family and are we gonna have you know some sort of metaphor for coping with divorce or a fractured family. Or, Is the dad you know, going to marry the abominable snowman? You know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that would have been hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the love I was looking for my whole life. But yeah, it, it did. And, the, and, and whoever said that, you know, it kind of is a stream of consciousness. That's kind of how it felt. It definitely felt mm-hmm. like just, you know, someone had pitched the title. And they kind of knew at the end the snowman would have to get to Pasadena. <laughs> and then yes. just kind of... You know, snorted some blow and <laughs> started started a typing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I, I was maybe kind of hoping this would this would kind of be a, one of those surprisingly you know well done pieces of you know uh, uh, kind of throwaway pop culture. Yeah, uh, but yeah, YA. Yeah, it was just kind Good of YA. crazy and uh, uh, yeah, and I definitely think that if I was a if I was a kid. Uh, this would have been a, a a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, wh- how do you fix the ending though, your own way? Oh, how God! I mean, I fucking love uh, Army of Snowmen. <laughs> no, yeah, that's kind of the best one. Yeah, we Sorry, I mean to start strong. No, that's really good. But yeah, I mean, I think I would have, I would have gotten them back to Pasadena, uh, just quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just have three fewer crevasse scenes in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get them, get them back to Pasadena at some point. 
And then, yeah, then I think maybe you can kind of do a Harry in the Hendersons where the snowman becomes a member of the family. And then I think you tie in the divorce thing about like, well, you know, just because we don't have the traditional nuclear family doesn't mean that this doesn't work for us. It's, it's you know, mm. making your found family, creating your own family. And I think these are like great themes. And then, uh, yeah, at the end, uh, John Lithgow has to chase the snowman. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a out of Get out of here. <laughs> Patrolco's dummy eats his cum. <laughs> I, I really like the Harry and the Hendersons tape because like abominable snowman of Pasadena. Okay, snowman comes back to Pasadena, gets a job at the Huntington Library. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves him. He's a little celebrity. He is the leader of the Rose Bowl Palais Parade. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your Pasadena snowman. Oh, that's great. You know, that's and he's like, morning. you know, he's he's parading down uh uh, you know, they got a uh, Roy Rogers horse is always in the uh, Rose Bowl. Parade, oh, yeah. so they got that dead stuffed horse and he's <laughs> leading it. He's like, come with me, you crazy people. Yeah, I think he's just <laughs> riding a stuffed horse because no horse would let him ride, ride them. And then, mm. yeah, and I think, uh, no. uh, yeah, that I think he spooks, you know, he's accepted by the community. I love that. He's they- so he's so different than your usual Pasadena resident. But he's got to die. He's got to die at the end. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Because then he then then there's like an open viewing, and he's got and he's covered in roses. Oh. Like oh. I think I think he dies, and then his snow magic brings a winter, a Christmas winter, to Pasadena for the first oh, time. Oh my like god! <laughs> yes, the first I love this, the that. first snow we've seen in Pasadena in a hundred years. Hundred years. Oh, yeah. It's so good, and the kids are playing in the snow, and they're like, "Yeah, I think his sacrifice was worth it." And then they're all they're mm-hmm. all kind of like catching snowflakes on their tongue and then you hear a, a voice <laughs> hey kids and they turn around it's mom with two suitcases oh she's moved oh back oh my god i love it that's really good she and she says pennsylvania was awful <laughs> <laughs> they threw batteries at me <laughs> she has like ice packs and bandages all over her face yeah <laughs> the mummers ran her out of right <laughs> i had a brief fling with the philly fanatic <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I th- I think I think that's been a pretty good goosebuds. Yeah, I think we did a great job uh, tearing apart a dud. Uh, Jordan, yeah, we are very lucky to have you join us for this. No, this was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Of yeah, course. thanks for being on, Jordan. Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, when 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 it is a goose dud like this, you got to pick up the slack. And we, I think, we had some great conversations about this snowman. I, I, I have so many questions for you guys who oh, do please. this regularly. Uh, and I don't want to take up too much more time, no. but I, I, have, I have two central Goosebumps questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. One, is there continuity within the Goosebumps universe? <laughs> Does someone mention that there's a snowman running around in the hills of Pasadena? And uh, what do you guys think is the best Goosebumps book you've read so These far? These are good questions. Oh, jeez. These are good questions. Do you guys want to, you guys um, want to there seem, there, there's, there's like tangentially like some continuity right the, the like sequel books will pop up like the sequel books like monster blood carries over to okay. monster blood 2 and 3 yeah only but, in but, that but way. the sequel something about the sequels that i think everyone should know is that they are really just rehashes of the original mm. i mean all sequels tech are kind of that but no one does it worse than goosebumps <laughs> and it, it you, you kind you kind of find yourself in the same story and you're like isn't something new gonna happen yeah, I, I think the the Choose Your Own Adventure books that we sometimes read on the podcast, which yeah. if you ever want to join us for those, you're more than welcome, Jordan, where we read through them and like pick a path. Like Those will mention previous Goosebump books, 
But yeah. like, it's also the books are still like the R.L. Stein, the author is maybe yeah. a thing in those. Oh wow! Right, because it's like it's like half meta. Like you you might have known about this by meta, reading yeah. Goosebumps, Attack of the Haunted Mummy, or whatever. But then also yeah, Monster Blood is yeah. sometimes just there. Okay, it's yeah. I think Monster Blood yeah. is like the only thing that really goes through all of them. I think. Yeah, I, I you know I noticed we haven't gotten into them, but because R.L.'s still making Goosebumps books. He is. He will not be stopped. Right. And I no. noticed that whenever we read the premises for the newer ones, like Slappy's World or whatever <laughs> they're called, I think now they're tying them together. I oh, get the impression. Okay. Does he have his DC dark show. tower? <laughs> I guess is what yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Where he writes well, himself into Well, that's actually what I mean. The Goosebumps movie is pretty close to a Dark Tower, right? Oh yeah, he's in it. Because at yeah. the end of Dark Tower, it's like, "Hey, it's me, Stephen King. I created you all. I love you individually. Right. <laughs> I got hit by a van, and I'm still mad about it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Maximum Overdrive? I haven't. <laughs> I was on cocaine. <laughs> The best book, the best book, I think we can all agree, is The Horror at Camp Jelly Jam. So far, that's still the best Definitely. one. Yeah, that's, I don't know if you read that one, Jordan. No, uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, ch- indentured child's uh, slaves, a big old monster underneath the camp, smelling real bad. Great. Pretty good. It's the scariest one. It's the scariest, it's the scariest one, one, I think. It eats children. So. He, the monster eats children. Eats children. And even the cover of just like uh, a guy who looks like Ed Grimley on the cover, just like, kind of mm. grinning. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Highly recommend scary. it. Uh, yeah, I think it answers your questions. But uh, no, thank you. No, that's great. This is a this is a fascinating little world that you guys have uh, set up camping. We, we've set up a terrible, terrible <laughs> burden for ourselves, and we're happy to have you. <laughs> thank uh, you. Share yeah. this with us. Uh, Jordan, obviously, uh, we've mentioned earlier in the podcast stuff you do, but if uh, you're listening to this podcast and want to know more about the Jordan Morris world, yes, uh, to check out. Yeah, I do a uh, a weekly chat show, uh, not unlike this one, but just without. The framework of Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, so if you liked the bullshitting part of this, um, I do a podcast called Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, we have great guests on every week and we just kind of shoot the shit. Um, that's over at MaximumFun.org. But I feel like I need to call a way more popular, successful podcast than this one. So <laughs> we, we just have more episodes. <laughs> People will slowly realize that there are uh, podcasts out there with premises they could listen to. <laughs> if, if the Goosebumps didn't just bog us down, you know, it, because it really beats you down after reading more than three of them, <laughs> we maybe have more episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did a, uh, a kind of a sci-fi comedy podcast called Bubble that is... Uh, uh, still out there for all to listen to. Uh, maybe the elevator pitch would be Buffy goes to Silver Lake. So it is a Sick. Uh, <laughs> kind of a monster fighting show set in the world of uh, hipsters. And uh, yeah, that's out there wherever you get podcasts. It's, it's called very Bubble. cool. Oh, thank uh, you. Beautiful. You got some awesome actors on there too to read for it. I was going to say some names and they realized I don't know names. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah, I can, I can, I can say the names for you. We got a, we got a Allison Becker from Parks and Rec is our lead in there. So good. Uh, Mike Mitchell uh, from Love on Netflix is in there. Bro, um, oh, Mike is great. Also of the Doughboys, yeah, podcast. podcast podcast royalty. Keith Powell from Thirty Rock, Cristela oh, yeah. Alonzo, and uh, yeah, a bunch of cool, just kind of random guest stars: the McElroy brothers, John Hodgman, Judy Greer. Uh, yeah, it's Bubble. Uh, it's eight episodes, and it's a ton of fun. It's very very cool. And where, where should you go to check that one out? Uh, that is wherever you get podcasts or at maximumfun.org. It's very cool. And Jordan, what about uh, your internet stuff, socials, anything like that? Oh yeah, at Jordan underscore Morris on Twitter and nowhere else. <laughs> I don't do any other websites. I refuse. I respect that. Thank I you. Thank that. you. Uh, yeah, dudes. I, I think that's been a great episode. I have nothing else to say. I'm 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 abominable out. I have had 
enough of this. <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to crawl into my crevasse and die. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be cocooned in ice and uh if you give me a hug, maybe uh I'll be back for the next Trail episode. mix for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you again, Jordan. Next. See you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. They include these wonderful people. Christopher Dunn. Reinfected. Kale Clinton. Jake H. Shoon. Swaggy 2. Electric Boogaloo. Sniggison Van Pickens. Stefan. Jive Turkey. Kuabara. Foolish for Deborah. The Puerto Rican Dream. Hollis Hornbeak. Jordan Lockwood. Tyler Penner. Buddy Morrill. Valhalla Black. Alan Saylor. Cameron Murphy Audio. Etona Moore. Carly Saranowski. Chris Birch. Generally Depressing. Chosen One. Clayton C. Joe Tierney. Connor Church. Dapio. Patreon underscore donator, yo. Gregory D. Warren. David Cron. Spencer Furness is making dumb names on Patreon. Yes, you are. James Royce. Fred Atkins. Chase Neiman. Mike Jello, Joshua P. Robertson. Lady Storyweaver. Ryan Melfi. Michael McDowell. Noah August. Sam Hash. Mickey C. Tom Whitham. Vincent Modica. Mike Lanteri. Yeah. Luke Noodles. Nathan Dolezal. Ryan Kite. Aiden Alexander Dace. Nick Hinkle. A pair of Scots. Bradford Coulter. Elkade. Carter Glass. Dylan Vaughn. French Onion Supine. That's great. I want French Onion Soup now. Shit. Danger Tits. Jin K. Jared Mason. John the Howling Eye. Duda. Jonas Ingman. Jim Greaves. Llama Consultant. Rich Hillborn. Nat 2 Pearl Henderson. Nicholas Johnson. Toothless Barry the Whistler Bostowitz. Joshua Lopez. Andrew Hansel and Gretel was an inside job, Jadzak. You're not wrong. Zambambino. Jubs. Boss Gerritsen. Abraham Slinkin. Zang Keith. Chris Pittman. Joshua Jacobwitz. Afshin. Dan. Justin Wagman. Bean Father Spookman. Dylan Eads. Cardboard Walk. Danke McStanke. Goon Cahoots. Dr. Sanjay. Jennifer Britton. Goose Time. Goblin Library. Aaron T. Stroke. Lord Cornwallis. Leviathan. Brandon Rowdenbush. Andrew Evans. Ryan Shell. Dango Twist. Cardamom Birkenbino. Tommy drunkenly explaining Midwestern emo to friends at a party. Hoey. Stephen Ghostkisser. Daniels. Elizabeth Steenweg. Cry Bricky. Victor. Ryan Stewart. Jake Young. Brian Wells. Calamity Carl. Rug. Jonas Blatterman. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Up and Champ. Zentacles. Germ Juice. Alicia Grave. Drew Applegate. Jonas Evan Voldson. Anthony Kubabara. Aaron Watching You Sleep Dom. Cole. Alan G. Jussom. Brock Graham. Becca McWilliams. Just Garrett. Hugh Bolin. Kramer. Nick Johnson. Joe Gorman. Meta Knight Trans Pride. Pronounced 
Mika. I don't know why I read your name as Meta Knight. Uh, that's cool that I thought you were Meta Knight for a second. It's Mika Knight, Transpride. Stink Lich. Ooh, I'm spooked by you. Carl Kleinasser. Stealth Bates. Video Ghost. Malicious. Joseph Miranda. Arachnid Delight. Nathan Remick. Patrick Reynolds. Donko 8. Senpai, I'll carry you in competitive games, gods. Robert Moo. Hey, fellas, we're all smelling real good. Speak for yourself. Yanni Markovina. Scott Colopy. Caleb Troy. Blake Alvarez. Jason Crooker. Nathan Whitmore. Elusive Koala. Joe, remember to save early and often. Scott. Please let me go home. I don't want to read names anymore. Jessica Zyball. John Keaty. Stephen Day. Paul's regular sock? Question mark. Paul Grasso. Yoplin. Reed Steubendike. Third Sergio. Buff Cat. Beezus Christ. Trans rights. Lots of trans rights today. Cool. Kate Ann Franklin. Boney. Walter Fraser. David Gray. Boss Skeleton. Taylor Dierks. Dylan McCann. Brooke X. Chad was a football star. That's true. Sean Minogue. Christian Van Skeever. Christina Doling. SNES Chalmers. Corey Shelley. Clay Castle. Adam Morocco. Joe. Just a pretty good dog overall. Jacob the Rough-Handed. Get some lotion on there, buddy. Joey Evans. Miguel Pardo. Jeremy Bowser. Yu-Gi-Oh Daddy. Trent Davis. Sadie Kitson. Brian Hobgood. Alistair Perez. Comfy System. Carewise Gamgee. Calf. Or C-A-L-F. I wish Arl Stein were my dad. Jeremy Lowe. Cody Redfield. J.M. Dragunis. Low Belly Hate Me. Matt, the half-court warlock bachelor. I want to do it like a basketball announcer at a stadium. Bachelor, bachelor. I can't. It's so hard how they do that. They're so good at that. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Rocky Raccoon. Randy Hernandez. Megan McCormick Mason. Trendy Moron. Zach Connor. Ishak Arafin. Ryan Carroll. Maddie. Anxious Serve. Matthew Spooky Noises of the Unexplained. Cameron Hansen. And Scotty Pippen, the best, most underrated part of the Bulls. Thank you, everybody.